Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! Resolving to achieve professional success without compromising her ethics, Lucy embarks on a ruthless game of one-upsmanship against cold and efficient nemesis Joshua, a rivalry that is complicated by her growing attraction to him. Neil. Yes. Neil. Mm-hmm. Is, you know we have a podcast to do, right? Uh, do we? Is that a thing we do? Yes. I had forgotten all about it. <laughs> Well, hey, why don't we do a podcast? Sure. <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters, usually. Today, today's a very special episode. Very special. So, uh, listeners will remember, uh, a while ago now, we read a book called The Hating Game by Sally Thorne that we did not enjoy. And the thing that made us especially angry was that it was going to be made into a major motion picture. And hey, guess what? It was, and we watched it, and now we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about a movie today. And all of us have watched it, Christine included. So we are, (laughs) and we all watched it just uh, yesterday or the day before. Yeah, within the last couple days. Cause as of recording, it just released. It just dropped. It's <laughs> gross. <laughs> uh, but before we get started, Claire. Yes. What's got you hot and bothered? Fix this. <laughs> Go on. And let me just say, fuck you. Fuck you, Texas. Fuck you and your weird ass restrictive abortion uh, witch hunt, witch hunty laws that you, hunty witch hunty laws. I'm sorry, it just rhymed. I, I don't actually believe no, that. that. A, I need to take it back. But like that was an amazing progression. I really appreciate. <laughs> like like linguistically, verbally, orally, I really enjoyed it. I just um to have your friends and neighbors call and sue because you got an abortion because your uber driver drove you to a place to get an abortion because the abortion provider provided you legal access to your abortion and for all the reasons that women may have to get abortions you know fuck you texas fuck you and you know what fuck you supreme court Fuck you, Brett Kavanaugh. Fuck you, Donald Trump. I'm just, I know that we try very hard to be non political on here, but I'm sorry. Fuck you, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and this is coming from somebody who's probably going to live there probably in the next year, <laughs> for all I know. Um, because as we stated in a previous episode, like I've lost my job and I've thought about like maybe i need to move closer to home and closer to home is texas and fuck you texas for putting me in that position Ugh. anyway let's say i am bothered (laughs) (laughs) oh that's uh upsetting so something that i find uh 
amusing and ironic in a very depressing kind of way is when conservative people are like, oh yeah, liberals want to like, you know, be in charge of healthcare. That's fascism. And then they're like, okay, uh, it's legally mandated that you like narc on your neighbors. A thing that every fascist regime has ever done. But they're like, oh, we don't like fascism. You do. You love fascism. You just want fascism that agrees with everything that you already believe. And then you're like hard for fascism. Oh, yeah. No, hard for it. And then also like excited about the use of capital to like hurt people. They're like, congratulations. We have forced you into a system where you must depend on capital to live your life and to move forward. And if you fuck with us, we're going to actually fuck with your means to continue to live. You know what? You're not going to go to jail unless we decide to have debtors prison for this particular fault. So if you decide to not pay after we have sued you and the court has granted us this right, and you have to now pay us some indescribable amount that, and then like you've decided to not pay it. Now you have to go to jail. Great. Oh, what a system. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Uh, and th- anyway, there's more. There's more to say, but this is a huge topic say. that other podcasts are covering in much greater depth. <laughs> they know with- what they're doing. We barely know what we're doing when we talk about romance. Look, all I have is feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so many feels. If you want to go to facts, go to some other podcast. <laughs> That's that's fair. That's fair. Go to other podcasts for facts. Come to us for feelings. Some of those are horny feelings. So many horny feelings. <laughs> Speaking of which, Neil, what's got you hot and bothered? Uh, mine is very similar, actually. Uh, what's got me hot and bothered is fuck you, Florida. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, again, as we mentioned, Claire and I have both lost our jobs. So fun. Uh, someone on my team has been working remotely from Florida. Uh, she is a wonderful person and very talented. And because the company is shutting down, she's also, you know, eligible for unemployment. I found out that the max unemployment that you can get in Florida is $200 every other week. What? Yeah. So when you are unemployed in Florida, the most money that you can get is $400 a month. And when she shared this with my other teammate, who's also in San Francisco, we're like, that's, that's not rent anywhere. Nowhere in the world can you rent anything for $400, let alone other living expenses, utilities, food. And then this is Florida. So like car payments, gas, all of that, like how? And she was like, yeah, our governor doesn't want people to be disincentivized from looking for jobs and just staying on unemployment. I'm like, oh, so you just want to like slowly kill people or force them into a job that also doesn't pay them enough to live off of. And then they also don't get health care and, and then slowly kill them, but they're employed. So they're paying taxes. So that's better. Whatever. It's fine. Fuck you, Florida. Fuck you, Florida. Yeah. Well, good. I'm, I'm super glad that thing you know like that we've come to this place i feel like most other podcasts have come to this disillusioned everything sad place before we did but i'm glad as the pandemic is lifting 
we're here now. <laughs> it's because we haven't been distracted by romance novels for several months now. It's true. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. That is it. That is the problem. <laughs> what are we? We should be reading more romance novels. Well, we should be toppling capitalism whilst reading romance novels. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> uh, right. But that's not what we're doing this time. Yeah, we're not a political podcast. Or reading romance novels this time. <laughs> <laughs> we are good for nothing. <laughs> Actively participating in capitalism. And not reading romance <laughs> We have sold out for no money, for negative money. Yeah. We're real bad at this. Oh, God. So bad at capitalism. Oh, God. But I will say, because, you know, we we watched this movie and it was a lot cheaper than I expected it to be. Because I did see, like, someone was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stream... It was one of the new Disney movies or something. And it was $20 to stream the movie in your house. But you also, and you're also paying that like, and Disney's kind of expensive right now. Mm -hmm. It is now. Uh, Okay. I may be talking out of my ass. I'm not going to say it's expensive now, but you're still paying for Disney. The monthly, the monthly subscription. And then the movie on top of that, which is another $20 to rent a movie in your house. Wait, whatever. Anyway. So, this movie was five six ninety nine. It was cheaper when I did it, actually. It was like five sixty one or something. I don't know. Well, that's exciting for you. I I also got a accidentally got a really good deal on an eyeshadow palette at Sephora yesterday. <laughs> I got like it was like a thirty dollar palette. I somehow got it for like five fifty. <laughs> I don't, so I think you are actually winning at capitalism, is what you're telling yes, me. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so you can, as of this recording, you can uh, stream it from Amazon. You can rent it for some amount of money that Amazon will decide to charge you. Um, <laughs> and then probably later it'll be for free because, uh, you know, it, I'll have opinions on this that you'll know, but I do get the feeling at some point this will be a free to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, shall we talk about it? Yeah. So, we have Christine with us because she also watched the film. So, she will be weighing in. And I'm very excited to hear what she has to say, as I'm excited to say, Claire. I'm excited to give my opinions. Uh, my question off the bat is, did either of you do anything to prepare for the watching? Like, to, like, brush up on the book at all or anything? Oh, oh. no. I was going to say, <laughs> yes. I I had potato chips, and I made this lovely hummus dip, mm-hmm. and, um, and a little bit of an edible. I right. had four edibles. <laughs> because I, I accidentally had a, a whole night of it. I watched the um, single all the way and this movie back to back and a little unexpected marathon. So my edible train just kept going for a while. <laughs> yeah, for this film, I had a bowl of tomato basil soup with a uh, small French roll to dip in, and that was very delicious. And then I had a canned 
Greyhound. Um, and then a slice of pumpkin cheesecake. But I also, to answer my own question, I listened to our episode about this book to help remind me about the book and our thoughts on it. So that this is a, just an echo chamber of us repeating our thoughts over and over again. No. Um, so I was reminded of things that I had forgotten about the book going into the movie. So I, I felt prepared as much as one can be for doing this silly thing that we do. Yeah, I didn't do that at no, all. I, I had thought about re- re- revisiting that episode and listening to it. But then I thought I wanted to go in with some fresh feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... I had a pretty good feeling that I was going to remember a lot of the big plot points. Um, and I did, I was surprised at how much I really mm-hmm. did remember from the book as it was coming up. Um, I, and I'm also, I know what a lot of my opinions were um, in some ways. We'll see how correct I am based on, since you listened to it. Um, but yeah, I think I've got some surprising opinions as well. Yeah. We hated this book. We absolutely hated this this book book. because it, a lot of it was, she was socially and emotionally isolated and had no self-esteem. He was like jealous and overbearing and just like made decisions for her. Or like there's a moment where he felt that she needed to stand up for herself more, which we find out after the fact is a thing that she did want, but he decided to tell her to stand up for herself more by bullying her into it and like being a bully about it. And then the thing that I remembered the most was the elevator where she made up a date and then ended up asking another coworker instead of just saying like, Oh, well now that I know that you're going to that bar, I'm going to a different bar anyway. So he's like, Oh, I'll drive you to this bar because obviously he's like making sure that she actually has the date. And in the elevator down to the parking garage, he invades her space and she literally thinks that he's going to murder her, but instead he kisses her. Because, you know, romance. Um, So that's what I remembered most. And then there was also the wedding. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So this is... Yeah. Things I... So so, uh, Lucy and what is his name? Joshua. Joshua. Okay. Joshua Templeman. Joshua, I, did we call him Joshua Badman in the thing? I feel like. Oh, maybe. <laughs> um, Joshua Templeton. Because we're so clever and smart. <laughs> Indeed. So Lucy and Joshua, like uh, things that I was thinking they were going to cut. And I was almost going to like record, a, like ask us to record a little thing about what we thought was going to happen in the mm, movie. But I'm glad I, we didn't. I wrote down predictions before I started. I was like, this is what I predict for this movie. Okay, so here were my predictions, and then you give yours, and Christine, if you want to give yours real quick. So my predictions were that the things that were going to be cut were her illness. So when she gets sick, Mm. and um, one, because I hated that part of the book, and two, because of COVID. And we've been like so tenderfooted about sickness things that aren't exactly related to pandemic stuff. So I thought they were going to cut that. I thought they were going to cut the wedding, um, because it felt contrived and strange in the book. Um, but it was, you, you pointed out it was the secret. I forget what word you used, not backdrop, but it was like, it was the secret actual point of the book, not the competition at work. It was actually the wedding. Right. Yes. Um, uh, and put a pin 
in the wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also thought that they were going to cut, um, some of the bar things, which they did end up doing in the way that I thought they were going to cut it. Like at the very beginning, um, mm -hmm. because there was a lot of, it was also very contrived and confusing. And I was like, where are people supposed to be when? And and in the movie, it actually made a lot more sense. I was like, oh, actually, there's a clearer A to B in mm -hmm. the movie. Mostly because we're not hearing their fucking thoughts, <laughs> which were horrible. Mm -hmm. Being inside of Lucy's head was one of my least favorite things. Mm -hmm. um, and being not in her head was great. <laughs> <laughs> but so my biggest predictions were that they were going to cut the, the sickness and they were going to cut the wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, Neil. Yes. Predictions. My predictions were that um, Jeanette from HR was still going to be my favorite character. Uh, that they were going to try and make it less icky, but somehow make it ickier. And that I was going to hate it. Oh, okay. Those Great. were my predictions. Excellent. Excellent. Christine. You know, my only prediction, because I did not revisit anything, and I didn't remember specifics until I was actually watching the movie, but my one prediction was I was going to hate it, and that I was not actually going to pay attention to the movie, but I was going to be doing other things, which was not true. I really, I really, it really held my attention for the whole time. Yeah, and yeah, overall, gonna, uh, overall, I would say I was I enjoyed it, but there were things. <laughs> there, but there were things. There were things. things. Yeah, I went into this movie with super low expectations, mm -hmm. so low that I put off watching this until just last night. Mm -hmm. But like my expectations were very low. Mm -hmm. um, they were um, the wrong Missy low. <laughs> which is a movie that came out on Netflix that if you don't remember just the trailer for, cause I've never watched the movie looked like an abomination of woman hating. <laughs> oh God. Sorry. Which movie? The wrong Missy. Uh, so oh, it's with... I didn't hear about this at all. Oh, okay. Well, I will regale Neil with this later. Like Lauren Lapkus is in that, right? Lauren Lapkus is in it, which is a shame because she's yeah, great. She's wonderful. Uh, but so is like, oh, what is his name from SNL? Uh, he was. Anyway, see, this is why we're not going to talk too much about this. Movie, <laughs> Rask cannot remember names. <laughs> what genre or what era? It was of... supposed to be romantic comedy. And it definitely, it's like Happy Gilmore sort of feels. Uh, what happens is there's this man, he's on, he's, he's, you know, businessman. He meets a beautiful, he meets a terrible woman on a blind date and it goes awful. And her name is Missy. And then much late, and then a little bit later, he meets another woman who's also named Missy and they have a great time. And she's like a, a supermodel. Mm -hmm. And then he's going on this business trip and he invites Missy to come with. She agrees and come to find out it's the wrong Missy. Uh, that's the title of the movie. So now he's stuck in Hawaii with this woman he hates. Um, and they're, you know, you know, <laughs> hilarity and you know, runs around now because uh, it's so very funny that um, we hate a woman so much. It's David oh, Spade. That's right. Okay. Is he dating Lauren Lapkus? Cause they do not seem like the same age at all. Uh, Yes, they are the couple in the movie. Great, cute, cute, cute. Oh, it has Sarah Chalk, whom I enjoy. Um, but you know it's a quality movie because it has Rob Schneider in it. Oh. I was <laughs> I was expecting this level 
of movie where it was yeah. like competent filmmaking with horrific writing is mm -hmm. sort of like where I was. And I'm going to say this right now. Spoiler alert. Pleasantly surprised. I was also pleasantly surprised. I'm probably never going to watch this movie ever again. No way. Like, I don't feel compelled to, to watch it again. But having gone in with such low expectations, I was like, oh, this is okay. This has its moments. And they changed things in the right way so that it wasn't nearly so icky. Well, it, it made Lucy kind of a bad person, some oh, of the changes that they made. But then also the changes that they made to keep it from being so icky sort of like undercut the narrative. My example being, so there's, um, I think this was this was in the book too. So the, so Lucy has a coworker who's constantly like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was supposed to get you that report last week, but this and this happens and she always has an excuse and basically like, um, railroads Lucy into doing her work for her. And in the book, Josh is like, basically like, you're so fucking pathetic. Stand up for yourself, you dumb slut. And she's like, you know what? He's right. I've always wanted to stand up for myself. And it's like, oh, great. Anyway. And then she does, she does have a moment where she like, I think she has a moment where she stands up to that, uh, to that coworker. And then in the movie, we have that coworker who I do want to point out is one of the only people of color with names and lines is the is the person who's like i can't get my work done i'm like oh that was an interesting casting choice mm -hmm. um and then she has the moment where she stands up for herself which is which is what you should do which is what should be done and she basically is like and josh comments on it he's like oh good job handling that and like that's as far as that goes and then like we're meant to understand that getting to know josh she like goes through this character growth so that she when she finally says to the to the employee like you need to do your own job it's like great 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 except the only thing is that there were moments like that like the elevator they changed it so that she kisses him first i'm like great it's not icky and then there are other like the whole movie she's making decisions based on assumptions and just like plowing forward so that when it gets to the moment that she's standing up for herself, I'm just like, she's been doing this the whole time. This isn't the big moment that we think it is. Because this whole movie, she's been setting wheels in motion. She's been making things happen. And so for her to stand up to someone like that, I'm just like, yeah, we've seen that already. Like, I don't know why she didn't do it at the beginning of the movie. And it's because they, like, change things so that's not icky, which I do appreciate. But then sometimes you have to, like, adjust the narrative and the character arc. To, to like compensate for the changes that you've made. Sure. I, I agree to an extent. I think um, one of the, one of the big things that I think I saw, which helped with the romance in a way that was really nice is that she stands up to Josh. So she makes lots of assumptions about what Josh is doing and she stands up to Josh, but Josh is the only person she stands up to everybody else. She stays back. Like, Remember when the, the boss came in? Oh, you know, oh, the sweater guy that she's kind of half dating. So Ryan, Ryan, we'll call him Ryan. Right. Um, I also have thoughts about that. Well, yeah, of course. But so like he's like our one of our first introductions to him is that he like throws a book at her. But then he's like and it just like whips past her uh, and almost hits her because he didn't really check to see if she could catch it. And he does that twice in the same scene. Mm -hmm. And both times she just sort of giggles it off and lets it happen. But 
the actress did a good enough job that in her face, you could tell she was actually not happy about that having just happened. And then Danny. Danny. And then the boss comes in and he's, and she's going to give him this book. And he like moves things on her desk, sits down on it, literally invades her space, bops her on the head with, with Mm -hmm. that. She lies to him about what she thinks. Well, stretches the truth about what she thinks about the book cover that he designed and doesn't stand up to him either. And so there's, and then when she's with Danny, so this isn't even in front of Joshua anymore. So when she's just with Danny um, and Danny has an opinion about the book that she disagrees with, he really hated the book. And she's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I also hated it. So she's just giving into his opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another part where, Oh, they're at the hotel and the hotel guy is like, we've only got one room and it's setting up that very cliche. There's only one bed thing, but Joshua's really upset about it. He wants to make a big deal. And she's like, it's just easier not to argue. <laughs> and so there that underlines all of those feelings that she has. She only argues with him. He is the only person she argues with. She doesn't argue with her mom or tell her mom the truth. She doesn't argue with any of her coworkers or tell them the truth. Like she doesn't ask for things she needs at work, which her boss brings up. So like, I really felt like what was important about that romance is that right away from the very beginning of the relationship, her and Josh were were able to be honest with each other. Mm -hmm. That meant that they were at loggerheads and fought. But if we're generous with the script, Mm -hmm. then what that also says is that, they're the only like she feels comfortable arguing with mm-hmm. him and safe arguing with him and right. i think that's a good thing but then he looks at her and says you're always lying i don't trust you right <laughs> i'm not saying it's all glowing <laughs> i'm not saying it's all good mm-hmm. but and just pushing it back a little bit that they didn't have that in the narrative mm-hmm. already and so like one of the times where she stands up to somebody for the very first time that's not Joshua's Joshua's dad and it's to stand up for Joshua. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, that's a very romantic, nice moment that I thought they played really pretty well, even though I thought other things about the wedding. Um, and then I agreed like that they had their little argument. He does say like, you lie to everybody and you don't stand up for yourself, but he says it briefly and he just says it as a comment and he doesn't Mm -hmm. say it in a mean bullying way. He's just like, this is a true thing that I think about you. And so then later when she's about to give the interview, she does stand up for herself Mm -hmm. and she's like, no lady, I'm not taking on your weirdo niece as my second in command. But then she did. She did later, (laughs) which also happened in the book. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, it's again, there was like hits and misses hits Mm -hmm. and misses. Totally agree. The standing up for herself where she gives the one coworker shit and that's supposed to be this big triumph. I was like, um, hello, like the head of this company just asked you if you were on the rag and you just did nothing. <laughs> like, like she did not come through where it really mattered. And I was just like really blown away by like that. That was the assertiveness, even though it does, there is a, a part of it that totally rings true to what working in an environment like that really is like, where it's like, yeah, you got to stand up for yourself, which means giving your subordinates 
trouble, mm-hmm. like really giving them grief and not standing up to, you know, the, the people above you that are just making gross comments. Like that whole conversation that she overhears where she misinterprets it or maybe she doesn't mm-hmm. misinterpret it, that Josh is like really only pretending to have this relationship with her, which I was kind of like when we got to that point, I was like, this feels a little late in the movie for this to be happening. Like <laughs> that, like now it's like, oh, you're only doing this to get this job that he's already quit, but she doesn't know that yet. But you know, just those gross yeah, no, comments I'm sorry. Like, she's overhearing. It's just like, this is when you need to stand up for yourself. But Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, like, I'm sorry. A guy, like, holds my hair back while I'm throwing up and is rubbing my back very nicely and sweetly. Um, and then stays with me while I get better and then cleans my house. Maybe we have some bitchy moments after then, sure. But I'm probably going to be asking him more questions instead of just assuming anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Like... At that conversation where we overhear him and the boss, like she knows enough about how awful this boss is yeah. and how she herself reacts with bosses. Mm-hmm. Like she says she acquiesces and says yes. And then she hears Joss doing that. And she's like, well, now he's a bad guy. And I'm like, oh, come on. Fuck you. <laughs> he, brought, he brought a doctor to her house. <laughs> His doctor brother. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I would like be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait just a beat and i'm going to pull josh aside and go i just overheard this thing and it kind of made me feel weird yeah to your point christine like late in the movie like that Mm -hmm. is too late in the movie to have that kind of like that kind of miscommunication maybe it's not real well you got 10 minutes left until the credits so (laughs) so you gotta figure it out girl (laughs) probably it's real (laughs) (laughs) uh good um i love jeanette she was great. And I love to, oh my God, they had this bit at the end that wasn't in the book. Because of course, she's the HR person and ha- like 75% of her job is dealing with Lucy and Josh's bullshit. Though I did appreciate they added in the film that there were like other employees who also had beef with each other. It's just that like Lucy and Josh were like the biggest problem. And so there's this Jeanette is just like harried and just like my whole job is dealing with you two. And then at the end, after Josh has left, so he doesn't work there anymore, she saunters into the room and they're like, Where are you going, Jeanette? She's like, Oh, I'm going to the to I don't know. She's like, I'm going to a cabin on an island. I'll be back Monday, maybe Thursday. And she's <laughs> like, Yes, Jeanette has such a beautiful life now that they're gone. And I that's what I wanted for her. I did like the bit in the elevator with her. <laughs> yeah, that was really great. Yeah. That was really great. Can we talk about Danny? Um, yes, let's cover all of Danny. And then what I'd like to do after that is cover the things I wish they had changed. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, Danny is the graphic design coworker that when Lucy lies and says that she has a date, she ends up asking Danny to be her fake date, which kind of turns into a real date. And the thing in the in the book is that he was very set up to be like the nice guy to be the foil for josh's not nice guy even though excuse me even though he's secretly a nice guy whatever anyway. i mean but we find out he's a nice guy so early on in the movie <laughs> right right from the very beginning anyway 
But in the book, if I'm remembering correctly, they're in a meeting and Danny just kind of like starts flirting her with her a little bit. Just sort of like fun, like, oh, mah, 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 mah. and because Lucy has no fucking self-esteem in the book, she's like, a boy is talking to me. It's love. And then and then they've had this moment. And so she like asks him out to be the fake date. Whereas in the movie, he's flirting with her and Lucy doesn't pick up on it. So then Josh is like, Oh, Danny's totally into you. And she's like, what? No. So then when she has a fake date, she's like, oh, well, Danny's into me. So he'll say yes. And in fact, she goes to him when he's, it's like one of his last days in the office. And she's like, oh, what are you up to tonight? And he's like, oh, some friends are taking me out to celebrate me sort of like striking out on my own and starting my own business. Um, Why? And she's like, oh, I was hoping we could like go out. And it's like, oh, I can't tonight, but I can tomorrow. And she's like, oh, but I'm really busy lying. I'm so busy. um, And tonight's the only night. So can I? And she like forces him to rearrange his plans with his friends, takes advantage of the fact that she knows he has feelings for her to go on this date and then they hit it off, and he seems like a really nice guy. And I'm like, yeah, obviously end up with him. But then there's a point where then she's, like, trying to decide between them that they made Danny real weird for a scene. Like, the scene after he's left, and he shows up with the flowers. And he, like, follows her up to her desk and is just sort of, like, hanging out and awkward. And they make him weird so that we are like, oh, no, Danny's not the right choice anymore. But then she goes out with him again. They go on a date. It's after they had kissed, or after she had kissed Josh, and Josh was like, I want you to go on a date with Danny and kiss him, and if he, and if you don't feel the way that you did when you kissed me, then we'll, then we'll make this work, but if you feel something with him, then you should go out with him instead. And she's like, okay, great. So she goes on this date, and they're having a great time, despite the fact that the last interaction we saw with them was really awkward, but now they're having a really nice date. And then they kiss, and she obviously just doesn't feel anything. And it's very sad, because he obviously did. But she's like, oh, I just don't feel it. It's like, that's all we needed. That's all we needed, was that he, that she doesn't feel that way about him. And she's, like, discovering that in this moment. They didn't need to make him weird. But then when she's like, so let's just be friends, and now I need to kvetch to you about Josh. He's like, yeah, great, I'm here for you. Like, he was a really nice guy. And I don't know why, but I really wanted him at one point when they were in the coffee shop. They said coffee shop. It was obviously a bookstore with a cafe in it. Um, Where she was like, is it okay if I'm talking about this with you? I really wanted him. I don't know why. I really wanted him to be like, oh, yeah, no, I've started seeing this really great guy. And we're just going to go do that. And just like the whole time Josh was by and now he's he's dating some nice guy. They can go be like nerdy queers together and just like be happy and then they will they will like double date with lucy and josh and everything will be fine that's all i wanted but of course we didn't have queer people so whatever it's fine yeah Yeah, (laughs) none of this movie as somebody who i did not read the book and i do not remember anything about danny from the episode that like our episode I honestly kept waiting for Danny to turn. Like I was expecting, like it felt like again and again, there was going to be some kind of like, Oh no, I didn't really like you. I was just trying to get your connections or something. Or like, you know, there was going to be some like ulterior, ulterior motive. Like he was only really like dating her to try to get his business off the ground and, or something like that was a little bit more creepy like that. But yeah, it was weird. And then when they were at the coffee shop, I was expecting, or a bookstore, then I was also <laughs> expecting it to just be like, 
some other big blow up or something. And I was like, why is he being so cool? He just doesn't need to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she totally has not warranted this friendship. So, yeah. Right? Yeah. I wanted better things for him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all did. A nice boyfriend. That's yeah. what I wanted for him. Yeah. No, I thought they weren't a good fit. Uh, I I never felt like he was creepy. I just felt like he was not paying attention to her. Yeah. And I felt like that the whole time. Like the first time we meet Danny and he throws the book at her and it throws a book to her that she does not catch. Well, no, but like she wasn't looking. Right. His his intention was to throw it to her, not throw it at her, but she ended up throwing it at her. Right. Then that's fair. That's fair. But he still didn't check to make sure that that's something that she was going to accept. (laughs) And then he did it again, that same scene. And it's in part because he's nervous because he likes her. And that's kind of how they set that up. But that was sort of like everything he talked about. Like he was cute and funny up to a degree, but then he just didn't have the follow through and then stopped listening to her when she needed something and wasn't able to like, you know, like, go all the way like to to really fulfill like what a relationship went like he brought her flowers after she got better which is great but didn't even really ask her like how she was really feeling but just assumed she was able to go out even before she gets up to josh and like we have an awkward moment up there like he clearly like she clearly says i don't know if i'm gonna feel up to going out (laughs) and he's like no but we should go out and like when they eventually do go out again um like the things that they talk about are all of his interests and all of his investments, like all the things he's invested in. Like she's giving this a good college try. She's like, this place is romantic. He's like, it's romantic and historical. And then he has a story about like horrible boat tragedy that happened that she's like putting herself through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's when we know like all of those things accumulated in that, that this isn't going to work out. She's going to try to kiss him to feel, to see if this like is going to work, but she knows then it's not going to. And that's what I appreciated. Like I never felt like Danny was going to work out, but I also didn't feel like they had to go. Like that was something that was from the book that I think was a terrible carryover, which is when he notices the rose on her desk and that Josh has obviously given it to her. And he's like, Oh, so there's nothing going on between you two. And he walks out, butthurt. And I'm like, that was a carryover from the book that we didn't need. And that was when he got really creepy. The Danny we'd seen the whole time might be, would be too selfish to actually see that rose. (laughs) Like he wouldn't have noticed anything on her desk because he doesn't look (laughs) like like even like the putting his arm around her and like weirdly kissing her could all be attributed to like not really being good with another person and the two Mm -hmm. of them not being a good fit. That was the creepy moment. That was unnecessary and was a carryover from the book. So anyway, that's my feelings. Mm -hmm. But I agree. I hope for good things for Danny. Obviously, he's also doing fine based on the set design for his cool office that he has is he is up up in Manhattan at a really cool fucking place now. And I'm like, dang, Danny's fine. (laughs) Yeah, because he started his own thing. And now he like has this fancy office. (laughs) He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. I do want to touch on set design in general. Mm -hmm. Um, With the exception, like the office, I loved it. 
I loved that office mm-hmm. because it was, it was like, it felt like the two different companies mm-hmm. and you could see the, and I, the, like even the, the casting for like the employees for the cushy, you know, like literary job, like older people with scarves and like they were, <laughs> you know, there was some people that I've seen in an office, you know, large women <laughs> who spend all day sitting down and reading books. And I was like, yes, yes, that's actually who works there. Yes, 100%. It's not a bunch of like New York models walking around. And I was like, yes, no, this is correct. And like, and then on his side, there was a lot of bros. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I really, and they had their opposites. I, I like, I loved that. Mm-hmm. And as people as set dressing goes, when you have extras, I thought that was well-dressed. Mm-hmm. They also did a before and after like shot where she was like her with her narration she's like oh you know like this publishing company used to be like this and it shows what the office looked like and then as she was talking it sort of like i don't know the the term for it but it sort of like faded into what it looks like now with now there's like more glass and metal and angles and like the very very pretty people as opposed to one co-worker with the really curly hair that really awkward lady that then just like let it all out on the paintball field yes oh my god so good it reminds me of uh the it lady from shrill who is great so good oh so good no absolutely uh yeah no and i loved that i love that and i have a big problem with new york apartments in movies because of course they have to find enough space to put in cameras (laughs) they have to have enough space to like show things and in general I actually didn't hate her apartment. Like it does seem like she makes a little bit more money. It also seems like she's not in New York. like not in Manhattan anyway. Mm-hmm. She is she's in a borough and a far off one. <laughs> a far enough off one that she has to take the bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not just oh, yeah, un- that's very true. Not just underground transit, then the bus. <laughs> so it was like, okay, I appreciate this. And I appreciated that her apartment was actually messy. Mm-hmm. so many times in movies we go to messy apartments and it's just like oh just, i've left my sweater on the back of the couch it's just cluttered it's not messy usually no. it's just like look how messy it is it's like oh because there are tchotchkes over there that makes it messy no but hers it was it was, it was a fucking pigsty a little bit in that <laughs> kitchen and i was like thank you his apartment was overdone for my taste i was like mm-hmm. Mm-mm, no no boy no too much however his whole family are doctors so you got to assume his parents probably gave him some money mm-hmm. to get a nice apartment i felt like it was a little justified even though it was mm-hmm. all right you're not on your own also we noticed in the book that the entire apartment was like sand and chocolate tones like everything except for that one accent well i appreciate it there was like exposed brick there were books there was like color and it looked like a place where people lived i still i still cannot get over the wall and how it matched her eyes i think that's so fucking creepy oh and the funny thing is when when he revealed this and the actress's face was not a face of like this is a pleasant surprise i am going through it was very much like holy shit this is creepy bad it was re- 
really like how close to the exit am I? Can mm-hmm. I run in these heels? Am I gonna make it? <laughs> and I was definitely like, oh, they should have cut this. They this is this is too creepy. They they I think they added this. I don't remember this in the book, that all of the books on his bookshelf were from the like her publishing house and not his publishing house. That like oh, I he think... read their books, not like the books that were meant to make money. And I feel like that's enough just to be like, oh no, they have shared interests and he does support the Agreed. things that she cares about. Instead of like, oh, I I painted the wall across from my bed the color of your eyes, so that every single morning when I wake up, the first thing I see is the color of your eyes, Lucy. <laughs> It, no was cre- it was so creepy. <laughs> there was another okay. thing too. They added, I think, another thing that he like matched something to something. I don't know. But then also the bit where he kept track of like what she wore. That was that should have been left in the book because that is so creepy and without purpose. It's just like oh, a man keeping track of what a woman wears every day. It's gross. Yeah, I really thought that they were because. In the book, and I could be utterly wrong about this, in the book, he also, in addition to those things, he also kept track of when he felt like he won a game. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, why? That would have been fine to keep. Mm-hmm. And she did too. She also kept track of those things. And that was something I didn't like in the movie that it did emphasize that she's also watching him. That, mm-hmm. like, in the ways that feel creepy, She's watching him in as much as she he's watching her. Mm-hmm. But then when it gets to the green eyes bit and like the I'm keeping track of every time I feel like I want to kiss you, like ugh, that's that's too far. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I did miss that they're off because in the book, the office or like the foyer where they sat, where their desks were, was reflective surfaces everywhere so that they could watch each other without being seen watching each other, and that was not true in the movie. And, like, I understand why. Like, try filming a room full of reflective surfaces. But, uh, that was a fun thing in the book that I really liked and was sorry to see go. But I also loved the con- seeing the contrast of their workspaces and, like, how messy her desk was. Yes. And, like, everything was all vintage and colorful, and his was very just, like, do-do-do, everything in its place. And I love something that she did to fuck with him once. She replaced his blue post-its with orange post-its because they stood out too much, and then turned his stapler, like, 45 degrees. And she's like, that's all I need to do, and I know that's going to fuck with his head. And it did. And it did. <laughs> <laughs> it did, and I loved it. No, that was... I also liked the... Because they had a Christmas tree, and they, like half the Chris like that separated the two a tiny tiny little desk Christmas tree that separated mm-hmm. the his side and her side and only her side was decorated <laughs> <laughs> and I like the there was just such nice little design and production choices um uh I liked all of the music choices on the whole like I thought they fit the mood in the movie um I really also enjoyed all of the uh there was some actually some really cool sound editing in there because like the elevator doors opening and closing. Cause that's exactly how you get to their office space was also what sort of felt like divided them and connected them. So they made that a theme throughout. So anytime the two of them were either connected or divided in any time, there was a little ding, 
like, and it's a little, it's a little bell of, of an elevator. And it wasn't just when they were in their space. And they always found like a logical reason why there was this little ding from somewhere, but it was always there. And I was like, that is great mm-hmm. and really lovely. Like nice, nice little set piece. I thought for the sound, which is kind of perfect. Um, and those were things that, like, and if you're coming into this movie because you want to see two people make out and be sexy with each other, great. You got it. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the scenes were a little bit misplaced for me, but they were hot and mm-hmm. good for them. Like on board for s- people who are going in for that. Her sex stream was done very well. I thought so too. That's and good. I also appreciated every time they said fuck or any bad word. I was like, because I've been watching so many like Hallmark, like Christmas <laughs> movies where it's like devoid of sexuality mm-hmm. and devoid of like body parts. <laughs> and so, as dumb as it was when he took off that towel and his dick is right in her face yeah. and she makes that big, like, holy shit, your dick is big face. As much as I hated it, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Cause he got a nice little butt there. I mean, he does have a nice little butt. She wasn't looking at his butt. I was. <laughs> well, that's all we could say. <laughs> that's a, yeah. But also, I would make better use of it than she would. Indeed. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, again, if that's what you're going into this movie for, if that's mm-hmm. what you loved in the book, it's there. Like, um, if you were a fan of this book, this movie did it justice. Yeah. And I think they both did a very good job. Um, she was very charming. Um, and he did a very good job of like in the moments where they stopped playing the games and he was actually himself and not like the person that he was in the office that you could see like, oh, he, he also is charming and he is funny and like very caring. And like, so you could, you could see the person behind the, the games that they were playing. Um, and I think that, that they did a really good job of that. Which was actually like frustrating to me. Um, because, because it was that, very obvious very soon that he was like that because so they play the game which was great you know they obviously like they have a lot of hatey feelings for each other they're in the elevator alone for the first time and they kiss and it is a very sexy 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 kiss and then um obviously she's like no i've got i'm still going on my date he's surprised he thought she was lying just to show off, didn't have a date. So he's going to drive her to the bar. They're both very confused. And in that moment, he stopped playing. He was done. He was all about being honest with her. And like, he genuinely wanted to make sure she got to the bar. Okay. Was like, genuinely, they had this high emotional moment and she jumps out of the car to lie to Danny. It's quite obvious. She Mm -hmm. got into because she wanted to look like she didn't just get out of somebody's car, Mm -hmm. even though she could afford Uber. And we all know that. But anyway, so she gets out of the car and runs all wet. And then like, like what was Joshua supposed to do except feel like somebody he cares about and just had a very emotional moment with ran out of the car into the rain to get away from him. And it's like, okay, I'll go meet her at the bar and make sure she's okay. (laughs) And then we'll do whatever. I'll get out of her way if she needs and, and like from then on, I I didn't like. I felt like he was aggravated with her for several very important and reasonable reasons, mm-hmm. but not playing the game anymore. And she still was. And it was so obvious to me that it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so, in a lot of ways, I kind of wish that 
the kiss it was different or like some of the emotional beats were different just so mm-hmm. that I could still believe he was maybe still playing the game mm-hmm. a little bit so that I could yeah. doubt it myself a little. Yeah. 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 Or that it's like, Oh, I understand, understand why she thinks that he's still playing the game when we are starting to see otherwise. But Christine, I think Christine has a point. I have to, I was surprised that I liked that part so much. The whole thing where she runs out of the car and then she's like, especially when they have the exchange that Danny can't quite see where she was like, somebody just told me I'm beautiful. And I think that he's fucking with me. Like, I thought that that whole thing, especially when you find out later, and I do not remember if this was in the book or not at the wedding, when you find out that his brother is marrying his ex-girlfriend, that's all in the book. Like, I thought that that was actually a really great way of, presenting like his trauma about it like i felt like it explained like a lot of why he was being so weird and how that's kind of like a little contagious to people when you have that trauma and it like spills over to people because she was like like you had this weird thing happen that she doesn't even know about yet she's like and now i'm like being all like you (laughs) like i just thought that that was like a really great presentation of that kind of trauma mm-hmm. and like i i like really appreciated it because i was totally like oh you're still gonna go and like i thought that the date with danny was not going to go well that she, it was just going to be incredibly awkward and like was going to be really painful for danny and was maybe that was going to be the impetus of danny like doing some awful shit to her but you know i that obviously doesn't happen because it ends up being very nice and lovely but yeah yeah, and then it kind of goes back to the whole game back and forth too, but... No, I agree. And I think like, because in the book, that moment where she leaves Danny at the bar and kind of goes into the bathroom or to the side room, to she's actually going to cry because she's upset about so many things that have just happened. But mostly she is going to cry because someone just called her beautiful and she doesn't believe it. And so it was really tied into a lot of her um, uh, self-esteem issues. But in the movie, it did feel like it was tied directly to this relationship that she was having with Joshua. And honestly, if that felt so much better. Like, it felt mm-hmm. real. And yeah. she was only really crying when she said that to Joshua. Mm-hmm. Like, she wasn't just back there weeping, <laughs> which I appreciated. Not, not because I don't think women can't go into a, the back of a bar and just weep if they'd feel the need. But because it felt more emotionally tied to the story and to where we were going on the whole. Mm. But things I would change. <laughs> so, again, I want to say to any readers who absolutely love the book, and apparently there's a big community of people who really did, but um, to all readers who really love the book, this is a good adaptation. It's mm-hmm. a straight adaptation. It carries over to its detriment, in my feelings, but mm-hmm. to your pleasure for you almost every single beat and every moment in the in the book so like if you liked the smurfs and the matchbox cars they're there if you liked the um barely right like did they come back to the smurfs in the the, that was a very confusing thing to me you see her write a blog and then she gives him the one little figurine was there more in the book actually i don't think there was too much more i think there was a little bit more but not a lot I mean, there was a little bit about why emotionally, and it did have something to do with her being short, 
but I was glad that they cut that. I was like actually perfectly happy to just have these hints because they were mm-hmm. being, they were, they were being connected as much connected to the book as possible. And so, but they just didn't have room for all the mm-hmm. backstory about what it meant, which I appreciate because I didn't like it in the book. <laughs> yeah and that allowed for a moment that i don't think was in the book that i really liked where he's like oh what are you doing for thanksgiving you're just going to be alone what writing smurf fan fiction eating uh cranberry sauce out of a can and of course we're like what a mean thing to say to someone but that's exactly what happens that's exactly what she does she looks really happy doing it though like she that loved was, it that was something i appreciated she's just like boop boop I love cranberry sauce. (laughs) And again, not tied to her. Like, it's not because she is a person who doesn't understand herself that she's doing these Smurf blogs. It's because she loves it. She loves it so much. And like, fuck all y'all. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, this is how I want my fan communities to be. Like, uh, no, if I want to sit Thanksgiving and just enjoy my time to write my fanfic and eat cranberry sauce, that is what I am doing. <laughs> Power. Uh, <laughs> but so for things, the things you would change. Um, and this is a major change. I would cut the wedding. I would have cut the entirety of that wedding. One, because... (laughs) No. One, because it was outdoors in the snow. Like, why are you doing that, people? I feel so bad for everybody who was on the film locations on those days. But the reason I would do it is not because I didn't like it. I I loved a lot of things that happened in it. I liked the way the bride was done in the movie way more than the book. In the book, she was right out bitchy. No, she was very nice in the book. Was she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I was just, maybe that was just me projecting, like thinking she was going to be mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. From what I recall, she was very nice. And then Lucy broke down crying. And the whole conversation that she has right. with the mom yes, okay. yes. is while she's sobbing, as opposed to like, oh no, she was talking to the weird guy at the hotel who I kind of <laughs> loved. Like she's looking at the Christmas tree and it's like, oh, it's for Christmas, that tree. She's like, okay thanks anyway i brought it in from outside yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may look like it grew here but it didn't uh, <laughs> but in the book something happens that lucy runs off by herself and is like crying in the garden and then the mom comes on her and or comes on her comes upon her um <laughs> and then also the mom seemed less abused in the movie than she did in the book <laughs> anyway um yeah, no, and there were so many, there was some pleasurable moments, there were some lovely moments. I mean, like, mm. I'm not going to say, like, it didn't have value, but if it were me and I were rewriting this, I would take it back to work. Like, I would have him have a lot of these daddy issues with his boss, and I would mm-hmm. give his boss more time that, like, it's not that Josh believes in the things that his boss does but he's sort of like tied to his boss emotionally in some ways and that there's other things happening Mm -hmm. because josh is obviously a better person than that guy is Mm -hmm. so like why is he like why how did he get into this particular job why is he like really like digging in um i would have appreciated that she has an emotional attachment to her boss Mm -hmm. which feels both fulfilling and motherly um, and I think like we easily could have had that same sort of relationship with the male boss. Mm-hmm. I also think like her standing up to the male boss 
and putting her position in jeopardy and her entire, um, you know, you know, standing up for Josh in a, in a time where she's applying for the same job as him mm-hmm. and possibly putting her own position in jeopardy, I think would have raised the stakes mm-hmm. so much higher. Mm-hmm. And also like, would give us a higher investment of what Josh's emotional life is at work beyond just her mm-hmm. and, you know, like why he cares about this. And then it also will give us like some real feelings for that male boss who I think at the end, like the last time we see him, he just does this like dumb gesture and like walks out of the room. And Matt was like, and there go the villain. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all he was. He was just a walking, talking place for all of our sad men are bad emotions Mm -hmm. to go, which is, I think, which is, I think doesn't rise to the level of a good villain Mm -hmm. or a good antagonist. I think it would have been more interesting if we had emotional attachment to him. Mm-hmm. So if there was a company retreat where sure, we're all going out there's only one bed, blah, blah, blah. We have to figure that out. That all sounds good. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been more successful um, emotionally raise the stakes and carry us through. And also like we would maybe like, we'd have to, obviously so many things would have to change after that, but I think it would have been better. And then we'd see more Jeanette. And we'd see more Jeanette, which I think would have also been good. Yeah. But to your point, I think too that the that the um him having this sort of relationship with the with his boss have been tied into the issues with the dad. But then when we see the male boss like validating Josh in a way that his dad never does, then it's like, oh, that's why he's emotionally invested and like that's why he is like trying to please this person that he probably hates because he's a garbage person. And so like, Oh, these feelings are complicated and and they're tied into the work. And yeah. Yeah. So that was a big thing. Again, one of my very favorite moments in this movie is actually from the wedding. And it is when she stands up to the dad and says how wonderful Josh is and says all these wonderful feelings, but then realizes she's saying this in front of like all of the wedding guests and like the two people who just got married. So then she turns and she's like to the happy couple. And this woman (laughs) standing next to the bride goes, Oh, oh." (laughs) that was great. I laughed out loud. That was so funny. I'm like that woman, give her a fucking Oscar. Cause she sold that moment. She looked like, Oh, I'm supposed to clap now because it's a wedding and you do that when they say these things. And <laughs> nope, actually that was wrong. And now I'm uncomfortable. I loved it so fucking much. <laughs> and it was like, yes to this, yes to this. Give that woman awards. She was great. She was great. There were a few moments in this movie that that I actually laughed out loud. One of the other moments I laughed at, because it was just so strange, was when Lucy is going in for the job interview and like one of her weird co-workers, he's got the bow tie on, like, comes up. <laughs> And he lifts up his shirt to her and it's just his chest. And she's like, holy shit, what just happened? And he looks down and he pulls down an undershirt that was under there that was obviously supposed to stay put. And it says says something like, go Lucy, or we support Lucy. And it was just like this really sweet message. But he accidentally just flashed her his stomach and chest. It was so funny. And I loved, I laughed so hard. And like, those were some genuinely great moments that were added in by director mm-hmm. um, that I thought were just spot on for the world, for the comedy, without being like, fall down. Mm-hmm. The part 
at the um paintball where she gets hit and then it like turns out that she's sick and was ignoring the fever etc and that like total dude bro is the one that hit her and he's like oh my god i'm so sorry Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. Like he was like freaking out. I'm like, oh, he's nice. He seems nice. I wanted someone to take care of him because Josh just yelled at him and was like, "Are you fucking kidding? She wouldn't get a fever because you you shot her." <laughs> and like, and I was like, someone take care of that guy. Also, but then later when she pulled up her shirt and she and like, and that was something I wanted them to cut. Like all those bruises, I was like, that's not important. Like. She was sick before. They did a really good job of like putting that in because he's well because we didn't have to hear the fact that she forgot to eat and she was feeling bad but wasn't paying attention to herself. Blah blah. blah. We didn't get any of that. So when we did see him being like, "Oh, you have a fever," and she's like, "No, no, no, you're you're not you're not talking me out of this because it's part of the game or whatever." And like her competitive spirit came. It's like, okay, sure, like I guess. No, and, and I liked it better. It was better. It was definitely better. But it also did set in place the fever. And that, yes. like, yeah, that yeah, she yeah. has, she's going into this with a fever. Um, I think they could have done that one or two more times with some other employee also pointing it out that she doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. You know, something. And then I think, like, her just throwing up on him was fine. Like, I didn't actually need her to get super injured. Yeah. And, and so one of the things is, and it's kind of a big deal in the book, but it, and it is done here is that she like jumps in front of the paintball so that he doesn't get shot. Mm-hmm. But then it's obvious he'd already gotten shot because he's like paintballed all down his back mm-hmm. and that never comes up again. So it's like, so literally this didn't need to happen. Mm-hmm. Like literally. Also the CGI paintballs looked weird to me. <laughs> Like, I understand from from a production standpoint why you wouldn't want to use real paintballs, because then you're like, you have to change the costume out for each take, et cetera, et cetera. But they just looked weird. I know. Well, and they were also, like, in the snow. So, like, that, that like, again, another production day in the snow must have been fucking hell. Mm-hmm. And they were not going to have time to do costume changes and yeah. things. And so, like, they went in with, like, painted clothes. Mm-hmm. So I get that too, but like, so the bruises and even the sh- getting shot was something I would cut. I guess I'd leave the paintball, but in general, that's why I would have rather the wedding have been a retreat because I mm-hmm. wanted to see the workplace still trying to get all of these different people trying to get together. Mm-hmm. And I think something that upped the the progression from paintball to something else. And then of course the thing after that is a holiday party. Mm-hmm. So like, what should have happened was paintball retreat holiday party <laughs> and if the retreat the, there'd been like a buddy system where people from the opposing firms were like paired up together and because yeah. we we saw other um conflicts established like there was the 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 lady with like the streaks of i think it was like blue in her hair hated the dude bro so like they could have been paired up together and then obviously Lucy and Josh would have been paired up together because they're the biggest problem. And then on top of that, so not only do they have to spend waking moments together, but then there's the issue with the bedroom and then they like are in a bed together and then they're stuck together all day too. And and like that would have been a lot of Jeanette just trying to like, I wanted her to, okay, I've already decided in this made up scenario of ours that like she doesn't need to participate in any of it. And she's just like sitting on a chair with on the on the porch watching them do their like team building and she just like pours a flask into her coffee she's like keep doing it buddies 
Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. A moment that I would have killed for is like that she locks the two of them up in a storage closet, like during the party or something, mm-hmm. so that everybody else can have a good time. <laughs> because it turns out it's like the two of them who keep fucking up everybody mm-hmm. else and like causing like big office divisions. But when they're not there, everything actually runs. Like it doesn't run smoothly, but people have a better time. Mm-hmm. So it just locks them in an office and then like puts a door underneath and just sits out front. <laughs> it's like fulfilling a secret wish inside of herself. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's like, maybe you need therapy tonight. And she's like, no, this is what my therapist said I should do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then they have their, we're forced to be together and have to talk mm-hmm. shit out moment. Mm-hmm. And so like, it, win-win so like again i feel like the more focused this was on this could be on their office and office politics mm-hmm. and office things i think the stronger the narrative and the stakes would have been for me uh anything you would have changed uh christine yes i thought that the whole <laughs> promotion was unnecessary this whole job thing that they were competing for First of all, makes no sense. Like, I still don't actually understand what either of their jobs are. Are they executive assistants? Are they, like, department heads? I don't quite understand what their jobs are supposed to be. And then there's these two COOs that are, like, both, like, in this company who hate each other in this merger. I mean, I think a lot of that would have been hashed out in the merger. (laughs) They would have have only kept one. I mean, like, I've been through mergers. They keep one of everything. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, like, this whole thing that they were competing for this other job that also didn't really make sense to me. And, like, because when she's going on at the wedding about how, like, all of the finance people report to Josh and they're afraid of him and, you know, all that. I'm like, so he's, like, in finance? Like, well, isn't there a finance component to her job? Like, I don't, like, I I just didn't understand the structure of this company. And they could have just, like, kept rolling along with the same competitive, like, post-merger thing without having it be a job and like ultimately still having josh leaving at the same time yeah because yeah, sense. it all like, still it amounts just... to nothing because he just leaves yeah yeah so then i'm like before she even interviews what i hated too they added in the movie that she's like why didn't you tell me and then her boss comes over and is like i told him not to because competing yeah. against josh lit such a fire under your ass that you'd beat out all the other people i also didn't like that that was dumb yeah. well and the other thing I didn't like was, so he goes on to, I'm sorry, what's obviously a better job. <laughs> so he goes on to like this better job at Harper Collins, mm-hmm. um, which was obviously gotten him by, you know, because his boss is friends with the Harper Collins boss mm-hmm. and brought the, him in. And then they dude broed. Yeah. They and bonded in over front of her. Mm-hmm. And although I did really appreciate, cause this is something I would have done and it's embarrassing, but I still would have done it. Like they're talking about Harvard and she goes, roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> like, Harvard. And I was like, that yep. is something I would have done. <laughs> I absolutely would have done that too. Tried to make a sports reference and just beefed it. Like, yeah. I, have, I have literally done that at work and then just started mixing metaphors. And I'm like, Oh no, I know that's, I know that's Harvard's 
baseball team. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, and then just make it worse for yeah, myself. It did, it did end up in this weird place where it made me feel like it was like women's jobs are women's jobs and men's jobs are men's jobs. And like, yeah. and I was like, oh, icky, but I'm just going to ignore. I'm just going to let go of this because there's whatever. But yes, no, I agree. And you know, for me, she always, I knew she was probably early 30s to mid 30s, but she looked mid 20s to late 20s. Yeah. So that was a hard bump for me to get over when her boss says, I should have put you in editorial years ago. And I was like, how many years? <laughs> but I did appreciate that then she's like, well, you know, why didn't you? And she says, you didn't ask. I feel yeah. like that that was a, that really rang true. I thought it's, like, yeah, it's like experience. such a shitty answer, but it's so honest to how people run yeah. their businesses. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a real like, and then I was like, why do you even want to stay working for this lady? <laughs> like, yeah. why, I, why isn't she looking for another job? To your point about the two CEOs, I agree that it's not realistic, but I did like it for the premise of the story. Cause then it was right. like each of them egging their own executive assistant on to do the different things and like to, to really embody the the disjointedness of the two companies that now have to work together um Mm -hmm. but yeah they were both kind of awful in different ways like she she feels like she has this really like close connection with helen because in the movie it's helen um in the book it was ellen but they didn't get a french actress so whatever anyway um but then in the movie, everything she does is kind of awful. Like, she refuses to consider Lucy for any sort of promotion because she just loves having her so much as an executive assistant. She f- tells Josh to lie to her. She She's not nice. And wasn't yeah. there also a bit where they were, like, announcing the job, too, where, and, like, the dude boss was like, no report to me. And she's like, no, no report to me. And I felt like it was so just like meek and like, what are you, what are you, yeah. why did you not, like, what is this announcement that, that is moment so was weird? Also weird too, because like we're am- announcing a new managing director, Josh, and like, ter- but that was his cue to tell her that she got it, which is dumb. Like I get yeah. it for like the tension and she thinks that he, blah, blah, blah. it's so unreal. Who would fucking do that? That's so yeah. dumb. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that was, uh, yeah. And I ugh, was not happy with that part either. I think I would say, like, up to, um, like, I don't know, up to the part where, like, she gets the matchbox and gives him one of her Smurfs. Mm-hmm. I loved the movie. Mm-hmm. If not, like, super liked. And then after that, it was just all the parts from the book I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> and and like and it, and then it and then it got a little bit more difficult. I mean, there's still lovely parts, there's still fun things, but it got a little bit harder. Some like I really do think. Quick question. Oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna say the the Smurf being short in the book was her being short like a thing. Was that part of it? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So I also she, in the book, <laughs> in the book, she was five feet tall. Like, literally five foot nothing. And part of her thing about wanting to learn to stand up for herself 
was that she felt that people didn't really take her seriously because she was so short. Mm. Which I appreciate and I remember being like, okay, that makes sense. But then it was like tied into all of her other self-esteem issues and then she needed a man to bully her to like stand up for herself, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it was, and then also he was tall, which they like still kept because he would like, just like pick her up in the movie. Um, but yeah, in the book, it went out of, went out of its way to say that she was five foot nothing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Cause there is that didn't... scene where they, they kiss there. And I can't remember if it's their first kiss where they're like in the rain and like, he picks her up and like, you know, it looked real weird in the movie. <laughs> It's like it like really made me just like her little wince. legs dangling. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like like her whole body it looks like she's doing a plank while he's like holding her up and like her. I, I was like, there's just something weird about this, and I'm gonna pretend I didn't see this part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just I was, and then I was like, oh, is she supposed to be super short? Like it seemed unnecessary. It just do you know what I think? would have because they because they cut a lot of the strawberry stuff other than he called her shortcake and they just like left in a little bit of the strawberry stuff to justify the shortcake but i think what they could have done in the movie is just like his nickname for her would have been like smurfette before he even knew that she was into smurfs so that when he discovers that she actually is into smurfs then she like is faced with a moment of like, oh my god, like he knows me better than I want him to, and then he has this realization of like, oh, I like know her better than I thought I did, and but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. I didn't. Then they didn't ask. Surprisingly, they didn't ask me to write the movie, so <laughs> that's that's why we didn't get that. The damn shame, damn shame. <laughs> um, Learned that lesson. A lot of production stuff I super liked. And I thought they did a good job. I mm-hmm. thought there was much higher production values than I expected. Mm-hmm. There were, there was one moment where I thought the fuck up was big and it's also teeny and meaningless. So okay. here's Claire nitpicking on something that means nothing at all. Okay. That's, that's our whole jobs here. <laughs> so in the lead up to the elevator scene where they have mm-hmm. their first kiss and it's mm-hmm. all very sexy. So she has spent the day being sexy in front of him to distract mm-hmm. him. And she very obviously several times puts on red lipstick, like this mm-hmm. deep red lipstick. He even comments on it. Once they get into the elevator saying, well, you did spend the last 20 minutes just doing your makeup in the bathroom. And so, and we can see in the mirror, like her luscious and it is a beautiful color of red. Mm -hmm. She looks good. And then they kiss and the makeup artist and production team decided to cut the red lipstick. Cause I think they didn't want it smashed all over his face. Mm -hmm. And I guess they didn't get a good color stay one. I don't know. But anyway, she had no lipstick. Well, so here's the thing. I noticed that also, and then I rewound a bit, and there was a bit where she was standing at her desk talking to him, and she had a more nude lip on. But then she walked into the elevator with the red. Yeah. And every time we see her, she's wearing red lipstick and even comments on it. And she's like, I like red. Right. So there was this, like, back and forth with that red lipstick just in that moment. And it was it's like, bloop, 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 bloop made mistakes there um one moment i would have cut for sure mm-hmm. or moved definitely moved was when they're in the again i, I would have cut the wedding 
But anyway, let's say I hadn't cut the wedding. They're in the car. I like that you say that as if you have cut the wedding. You're like, imagine that I hadn't cut the wedding from the movie that I had no part in. (laughs) They're in the car on the way back. And um, they have an emotional like discussion where it's like, you know, I've always liked you. Like he has this big emotional moment where he tells her I've always liked you which is utterly undercut by the fact that they had to film this in the car while the car is moving and they decided to not do it in any kind of interesting way like it is filmed from the back seat so like it's like you know shot shot so we get coverage on both of them and that's it and I'm like, oh, oh no. Then and the next thing we're in his apartment and we're gonna have sex, and that's when the whole green reveal is. And I was like, we could have had this moment here. There is no reason why we could have had this moment, why we had to have this moment in the car. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the whole green eyes thing would have actually played a little bit better if it was then. But then I wondered, what if it was then? And they cut it and put it in the car because it was too creepy. (laughs) (laughs) And they had to film the car thing super fast (laughs) because it was part of their pickups. And they're like, we're just going to drive down this road. And we actually couldn't get a thing to pull the car. So you actually have to drive it this time. (laughs) And so we have to ADR in all your lives. (laughs) So unfortunately, Big emotional moment where you confess that you have always liked her is on the road. <laughs> I mean, and, and they had so many beautiful set pieces where they could have done that moment. Mm-hmm. They're standing in the snow. That was a very pretty show. Elegantly, the snow mm-hmm. elegantly falling on her dark hair, which was gorgeous. 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 You know, could have had it like there's some lovely, just like weddingy places where they could have done it at the wedding. There was, you know, even in the office, like late at night, the two of them, like if they'd gone back to the office to pick up some things or like out in front of her door, I don't know. Any other place would have been more romantic than <laughs> me, the voyeur sitting in the back seat of this car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Tell her you liked yes. her. Yes. Like, <laughs> nope, this is not the place for this. I mean, and it's fine in a book where you can't see shit. <laughs> We Except don't know in how your mind's eye. Is. <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job too with the um, uh, with the stock footage they used for New York. Mm-hmm, I was all right with that. Sometimes it was a little overdone, but honestly, not the worst. I've seen yeah. it used worse. I thought it was funny they used so much stock footage when they obviously did shoot some of this in New York. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. <laughs> We could have just been shooting this. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> the whole crew is freezing to death in the snow for paintball and weddings. So, <laughs> I mean, it was just so funny. It was like, I guess they couldn't shoot it in New York. I mean, I wonder if they shot it in Vancouver or something where they shoot so many things. I was like, yeah, that's probably it. And then there's her and Danny walking across the bridge with the New York skyline in the back. I'm like, I guess it is New York. <laughs> is it the one thing they filmed outside in New York? They chose this? No, no, no. Then they chose another moment with uh, our two love interests where they're on the high line. So I think they got one day in New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
if I could guess, I haven't looked it up. This is me assuming. And you know what happens when we assume? Ass fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Um, Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I liked it more than I thought I would. I liked it more than the book. Oh, I liked it a lot more than the book, but that was a really low bar. But I also think that anybody who did like the book would really like this movie, which, mm-hmm. you know what? That's a win-win. Win-win, everybody. I wanted to say that it this has one of my favorite tropes in it that I feel like we don't talk about very much, is very horny lady being rebuffed by reasonable man and then they have to have that exchange and she's like but i am trying to fuck you and he's just like oh no but i cannot and then she goes away and then they fuck later like yeah yeah, yeah. like like i thought it was well done and was cute and funny and not Mm -hmm. like you know i i liked it like I like that yeah, whole I, scene and exchange, and I appreciated that scene. It like the the motivations felt very genuine, but they still mm-hmm. kept in this thing. I would have cut this of like, oh yeah, all those nice guys. Everyone leaves me for a nice guy. I'm like, what? <laughs> they they. That's it was what's so great about that trope, though. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the it trope was, is. <laughs> it was less. He didn't harp on it as much as he did in the book. And then there was one, I don't remember this from the book, but there's a scene that he's like, apparently I'm the type of guy that a woman goes to for a one night stand and nothing more. And that's what I don't want this to be. And I'm like, great. That feels motivated. That feels genuine. Like, yeah, you're pretty, but you're also an asshole. So women fuck you. And then they realize that they don't want to deal with your bullshit. So they leave and you don't want to work on yourself. So you can just go be sad about that and paint your bedroom wall to match some lady's eyes. No, um, yeah, but but it did f- in that moment where she was like, let's fuck now. It felt very genuine. And she said something. I forget what she said that like made him believe like, oh, this is like strictly sexual for her. But I have feelings for her. She says after this, we'll go back to normal. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I felt like that is a perfectly good reason to stop having sex. Yeah. Like that is a like, oh, obviously we want different things out of this moment. And also that hurts my feelings because our normal is unpleasant. You said that's unpleasant. I've said it's unpleasant. And why would I give so much of myself like over the last couple of days, you know, over like the time that we've had to just go back to normal. Mm -hmm. Like I want a new normal between us. And so I was like, that's perfectly great. Yeah. I'm perfectly happy with that being his motivation to stop having sex. And so then when we got to the nice guy, not nice guy, I was like, well, okay, whatever. Um, so just don't be an asshole. Like, be nice to women. Maybe just try that for once. Um, my very favorite thing that they put in there was after in the hotel when she wakes up by herself. And ah! he, he, he made his side of the bed. <laughs> and... And I commented out loud on that. I was like, he made his side of the bed. And then she goes, he made his side of the bed. <laughs> and then she messes it up. And I was like, oh, this is great. This well, is great. Not only does she mess it up, she pulls all of the covers to herself. It was great. It was That was a moment. Uh, yeah. So those are things that I liked. Yeah. Any yeah. other any, any other last, last, last comments, comments, thoughts, feelings? Because you know what we got to do now. Oh, we gotta play, play fuck, fuck Mary Kill. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready?
Fuck Mary Kill. Let's play Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Oh my goodness. Fuck Mary Kill. Do we want to just do the movie? Because we did the characters with the book. It's true. So we could just give our review of the movie. Yeah. Okay. So, Christine. Okay. This movie, fuck, marry, or kill? I think I'm going to fuck it. Mm -hmm. Like, it really isn't long term. I'm never going to come back to it again. But I did like it. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. my time with it. It was fun. It's the one night stand that Josh is always afraid that he will be. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm all right with Mm -hmm. it. Claire? Yeah, I'm going to fuck it. Um, I had a really good time with this movie. I would, I've had a, I had a better time with this movie than I have in other romance, romantic comedies mm-hmm. that were much higher budgeted, bigger stars, had better writers. Honestly, I thought this was great. I had a really good time. Um, I wouldn't say I'm not going to watch it again because I actually enjoyed it that much. I don't think I'll necessarily seek it out. Uh, but if I'm in the mood for a romantic comedy, I'm going to put it on. Okay. Okay. I will also fuck this. Um, I'm not going to say, like, I enjoyed parts of it. I won't say, I won't say that I, like, enjoyed the movie as a whole, necessarily. Um, it was, like, I found it pretty good. And I've, I've fucked worse before, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I probably won't watch it again. But like it was enjoyable, and for five sixty one or whatever I paid for it, I was just like, yeah, sure, a good night in, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, agreed, agreed. Right. So, uh, listeners, if you feel like watching a rom com that we all felt was like pretty dang good, then go ahead and watch it. Yeah. But Neil, what is next for us? What is coming up? Because we are back on this podcast train and choo, choo, choo. I choose you, Neil. I didn't want to know where that was going. And I'm really upset that that's where it went. I'm proud of where that went. I'm excited. I'm on board. We're going to read romance novels. That's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Neil, mm-hmm. what are we reading? So, next, we are reading uh, It's Complex by Shoma Narayanan. And this is kind of an epic love story by Kaysen Callender. The theme is screenwriters, and one of them is Bollywood. And I'm so very excited. Same, same, same. Yeah, and you know, these have been sitting in my in my Kindle library for months and months now, and I'm very excited to finally read them. Yay! Great. So I guess all that's left to say is that if you can do so safely. Um, possibly with a snowy vista behind you, mm-hmm. uh, or in front of a wall that matches some person's eye color in a mm-hmm, creepy way, and with a great amount of consent and Smurf figurines. <laughs> Keep fucking.